Thanks for listening to the Velocity Church Podcast. We hope that this message encourages you, inspires you, and challenges you to take your next step with Jesus. Now here's the message. But when he saw the multitudes, catch this this morning, he was moved with compassion for them. Because they were weary and scattered. Are you weary here this morning? Come to me, all who are weary and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Learn from me, Jesus said. Learn from me. Learn my ways, and I'll give you rest. He had compassion on them. Because they were like sheep having no shepherd. Then he said to his disciples, The harvest truly is plentiful, but the laborers are few. Therefore, pray the Lord of the harvest to send out laborers into his harvest. Tell your neighbor and say, pray for the laborers. Father, we come to you in the mighty name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you, Father God. We thank you for the good news. We thank you for the gospel, Lord. Lord, that Jesus has paid our sin debt in full, that we don't have to walk in condemnation. We're no longer guilty. And there was nothing that we brought to the table. It's what Christ did on the cross, the finished works of the cross, by his precious blood that was spilt. Lord, our sin debts were paid in full if we receive that gift of righteousness that is free to all men. For whoever calls upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. Father, we thank you. We don't take that lightly. We don't make that old hat, Lord. We thank you, Father God, that we can spend eternity in heaven with you and return to this earth in your second coming, you with thousands and thousands of your saints. We praise you. We thank you, Lord, that you made a way for us. We're so grateful. We know it's so one-sided, and it's so easy to be born into the kingdom of God. All we have to do is call upon your name. I pray this morning, if anyone's here this morning does not know you who is lost, a lost sheep, Father, bring them back to your fold. We praise you. We thank you in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. Speaking about lost, have you ever been lost? Do you remember times when you were a child that you were lost? When I was a kid, little kid, I remember going to the uh, store, uh, clothing store, department store with my mother, and you know my dad was working during the day, and so I was a little tight, four or five years of age, and I, and the, you remember the racks of clothes? I would love to hide in them. I would get right in the center of them, and sometimes ladies that were shopping got a big surprise, you know, <laughs> they pulled out a, a dress, and there I am, you know, standing. I did that quite often, and many times. I would come out thinking my mother would be right there, and she wasn't. And I was like, oh, no, I'm lost. And, boy, just, just fear hits you, and you start running around looking. Have you ever seen a child in a department store who's lost and crying? Does that just, does that just, just wretch your soul when you see something like that? Uh, you become very uh, compassionate. And uh, so, you know, too, we're, we're in the age of, you know, our phones. Some of you were born with a phone in your hand, and you don't know anything about maps, 
You know, Google Maps are here, and we use Google Maps for everything. And a wonderful thing about Google Maps is I'll set the destination, and if I miss my exit, it'll tell you, in 1,000 feet, make a U-turn. And I hear that quite often, make a U-turn. But back in the day, back before all the phones and Google Maps, guess who my Google Map was? Miss Dina. When we'd go on trips, we'd go on vacations, we'd head up to Branson, Missouri, and, you know, we'd go up there and... And Silver Dollar City and, you know, and uh, all the different stuff that was down in there. And we had maps, believe it or not. In our glove box was a map, and it was folded up. And you would look at your destination, and, and she was my co-pilot. And so along the way, you know, I'd ask her, where do we turn? Where are we going? You know, and, you know, I'm on her, right? And, and she would look at it, and, and, and you know, and just, we would we, we follow just that map. That's what got us there. But... You know, there comes a time when you're driving eight to ten hours, you know, because Branson's about a ten-hour drive, that we're driving, and, and, and guess what? My co-pilot's over there. <laughs> and the next thing you know, I'm thinking I know where I'm going. I'm going the right way. I'm heading the right way. And next thing I know, when she wakes up, I realize we, we come together, and we find out that I'm driven 50 miles out of the wrong way. <laughs> Have you ever done that before? Oh, that's frustrating, isn't it? How many have done this where you're on the freeway and you know you need to take this exit and, 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 you, and you don't have your head on straight, you're, you're, just, you're just thinking, you're just oblivious, the next thing you miss your exit. And how many of you know that when you miss that exit, it's like 10 miles <laughs> before you can exit again and make a U-turn? Is that frustrating to you? I know it to me. It's very frustrating. And so Jesus is here, and he's, 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 he's walking through the synagogue, he's healing the sick, and he looks and he says, he sees these people who are weary. Do you know the world is weary? Do you know the world's looking for happiness? Do you know the world is looking for something that's to fill a void? And we have the good news to fill that void, folks. The good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so he sees and he says he has compassion. And that word in the Greek is he's, he's just wretched that, that his heart just hurts for the like sheep without a shepherd. Can I ask you something here this morning? Do you feel like, do you feel that way about lost folks? When you know loved ones that do not know the Lord, do not know that heaven can be their home, and the alternative is hell. When you, when, when you see loved ones, do, does your heart hurt for them? What do you do? Have you done anything to reach the lost? Jesus said that you will receive power by the Holy Spirit and you will be witnesses for me. Have you been a witness? Have you been a witness to the lost? Or has it all been based about you? Lord, take care of me. Lord, bless me. Look at me. Is it all about you? Because the heartbeat of the kingdom is winning the lost. Matter of fact, Peter says in the last days there'll be scoffers. And they'll say, where's the Lord coming? We've heard this, this story for so long. And Peter says that the Lord is not slack concerning his promise. As some concern slackness. He's not slothful. But his desire, he does not want anybody to die or perish without the knowledge of Christ Jesus. He does not want anybody to perish and die in their sins. Do you feel like that for folks? 
Then what do you do about your loved ones that are lost? Do you pray for them? Have you fasted for them? Have you missed a meal for them? What do you do about the, the lost? You know, sometimes if we don't watch out, we can just become a big old blasphemy club. And we come in and we're just like, you know, our heartbeat ought to be what Jesus is. And his is to have compassion on the lost. There's a dying city out there. Brenham, Texas has a dying city out there. And listen, it's not just the lost that don't know Jesus Christ. There's all different kinds of people who are lost. And we're going to go over that here this morning. Let me, let me give you some here this morning. There's ones that are spiritually lost. You know what it means to be spiritually lost? It means you don't know Jesus Christ. You have not received the free gift of righteousness. You've not been born again. You have to be born again to enter heaven. Jesus says, I'm the way, the truth, and the life, and no one comes to the Father but through him. Jesus came in Caesarea Philippi, and he asked his disciples, who do people say that I am? Who do people that you come in contact say that I am? And his disciples say, some say you're Elijah, some say you're Jeremiah, some say you're a great prophet. Now these people are missing it. He is not just a prophet, he's more than a prophet. These people they're naming are good people, they're good men in the Bible, but they're not the right person. The right person that gets you to heaven is Jesus. They didn't know who Jesus was because they had no spirit of Jesus in them. They had not been born again. People who are spiritually dead. When they, Adam fell off that bridge, we fell off with him. Sin into the world. You're born into sin. And you're walking around. There's people walking around that has no knowledge who Jesus Christ is. Oh, I hear people, you know, at times in, in my life, they say, oh, he's a great teacher. He's more than a teacher. He's Messiah. He is Christ, the anointed one. He's the one that takes away the sins of the world. He's Emmanuel, God with us. He's a bright morning star, amen, the lily of the valley. He's the bread of life. He is the resurrection. He says, I am the resurrection. And no one can get to the Father but through him. So there's people who are spiritually dead, who do not, they're spiritually lost. They're lost. They're ignorant sometimes of, of God's ways. Now, listen to me here this morning. And listen, you, if you can't know the things of God, Corinthians uh, 1, 2 says this, that the natural man does not know the things of God because they're spiritually discerned. They don't have the Spirit of God in them. You have to be born again to enter the Christ, to enter the kingdom. You were born into sin through Adam. You're born again through Christ. And that's what makes you righteous with God. So the danger is being spiritually lost. The next danger is this, is being religiously lost. Religiously lost means you're right by your works. There's folks that come to church through our churches every week carrying a Bible, quoting a Bible, but doesn't know the Lord of the Bible. Speak the word of God. Use it like a, a weapon, a rock. Have you ever been around those folks? They keep the law. They're good about, oh man, they're good about pointing a speck in your eye. 
but nothing about their own eye. Those are modern-day Pharisees. That's a dangerous place to be because they think they're right, but they're not right. If you're self-righteous, you're going to split hell wide open if you do not receive Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior. It's not about you being right. It's about him being right, and he makes you right by his spilled blood and receiving him for your sin debt. We can't go around thinking that, oh, you know what? I keep all the law. Remember the publican and the Pharisee? And the Pharisee was telling God, he was praying a prayer and saying, Lord, I thank you that I'm not like this publican over here. And he began naming all his attributes of all the good works that he's done. You know, I, I tithe. I do this. He names all his works. And, and in that scripture, it says that the Lord prayed to himself. The Lord said he prayed to himself. He didn't even, the Lord wasn't even receiving that kind of prayer. But the publican was over there beating his chest because he knew he wasn't right. He said, Lord, have mercy on me. And Jesus said, who walked away right? The publican. So you can't ever sit there and walk around and think, you know, I'm the Bible answer man. If you got anything, you just ask me. And, and when you think you're perfect and then you're living by your own righteousness, that's self-righteousness. And self-righteousness won't get you there. There's no security in self-righteous. The only security is by the, by the payment of Jesus on the cross and the blood. Amen. Amen. So you got the lost that are ignorant of God and don't know and maybe never heard the gospel. You got the lost that are religiously lost. They think they're right, but they're lost because they have not received the righteousness of God. They have no relationship with Jesus Christ. They know Jesus like a report and can quote scripture, but they do not know Jesus in relationship. That's why he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Then you got the willfully lost. That's a bad place to be. Because you know the truth, but you willfully reject it. You know, it says in Romans that there are folks that hear and know and without excuse and they suppress, they exchange the truth for a lie. They won't receive. And you know what the Bible says they are? Goats. And they want to be a goat. And they want to stay a goat. And they reject the God holy, the holy God of Israel. They reject him. They don't receive him. That is a horrendous place to be because if you keep acting like that, God will give you over to a debased mind. He'll give you over to yourself. Strong message here this morning, but you need to have some strong preaching. Amen. Jesus talks about the lost. He talks about parables in Luke chapter 15. Luke chapter 15, he starts off in verse 1. He talks about the sheep. You know, there's, there's this hundred sheep, but there's 99 that are with the shepherd, but one gets lost. One begins walking off. One strays away. Maybe not intentionally. Maybe it was just eating some grass, and it just got away from the herd. And next thing you know, it was far, far away from the herd. It was far, far away from the flock. 
Now we look at that, and, we, and here's what happens. The shepherd left the 99 to go find that one. Can I ask you a question? When you know someone who is lost, are you going after them? That's what Jesus was wanting us to do. Maybe you're here today and you're a sheep and you're part of the fold, but you're, you stray far away. You don't want to keep people from being in the fold and coming to church and connecting in fellowship. Offense. People get offended. They get offended with other people. Do you know that <laughs> I've heard this before. Well, I don't want to go to church. It's full of hypocrites. Yeah. Every one of us, including yourself. Listen, we're imperfect people, but we serve a perfect God. Amen. Glory to God. But we need, to, we need to reach out and we need to, listen, if you've strayed away, here's the wonderful thing. God's going to come after you. He's coming after him. If, if you're ignorant about the gospel, God's going to come after you. He's going to send a prophet. He's going to send a prophetess. He's going to send somebody to wake you up and get you back to the fold. Because that's his desire. His will is not that you die without him. His desire is that you come into the flock. Amen. Then there's the parable of the lost coin. Tell me about the lost coin. Woman had 10 coins. She, she had 10 silver coins and she loses one. And what she do? She begins tearing the house over upside down, sweeping the house, looking for this coin. Now here's the thing about this. This coin didn't straight off. The coin is in the house. Hear me this morning. The coin is in the house. How many folks are in church week by week, year by year, and they're lost? Lost as a goose in a snorestone. How many, are, how many folks are lost and they're in the house of God? And listen now. Consider this. They're not lost because they lost their silver and they're not lost because the master doesn't own them anymore. Here's the peril of being lost. They're not being used. You got folks in the church today, by heaven's standards, you're saved, you're going to heaven, but in the kingdom of God, you're right next to uselessness. Is a coin good if it's not being used? What good is a coin if it's not being used? It's only good when it's put in what? Circulation. That's where the value comes out of the coin. Are you being used? Do you realize, folks, that when the church is raptured in the twinkling of an eye and we go to be the bride, goes to be with the bridegroom, and we go to be with the Lord, that there's going to be a judgment seat of Christ, the beam of judgment of Christ where he's going to judge us of our works? You realize that? Not, not, not our sins, because Jesus bore our sins, paid for our sins, but he's going to judge us for our works. And Jesus is going to look at you and ask you, what did you do with what I gave you? What did you do with the resources I gave you? 
And our works are going to be judged. And, and, and Paul says that anything that is going to be tested by fire and anything that's done out of the wrong motive. You know that sometimes people do the things of God to benefit themselves? Huh? You know that some people want to be high and lifted up more than the Lord? Huh? What's more high and lifted up, your Instagram account or God? At the end of the day, nothing wrong with the Instagram account. Nothing wrong with that. But who is, at the end of the day, who is high and lifted up? That's the peril of being a lost coin and not being used. Next one is the prodigal son. So this is all in Luke chapter 15. You go back and study it. You got the lost sheep, you got the lost coin, then you got the lost son. You remember the lost son comes up to his father? To his father? Give me my inheritance. Give me everything I have that's coming to me. And what does he do? He goes off and lives prodigal living, destructive living, wasteful living. Now, here's something that when I was reading and studying about this, the lost sheep, the shepherd went after the sheep. The lost coin, the woman, represented the Holy Spirit, went and looked for the coin. But when this boy says, give me, give me my inheritance, and leaves, the father doesn't go following him. Why? Because that boy had to go off and learn something to himself. He goes off with destructive living, and the next thing he knows, there's a famine in the land. Trial hits the land. And he begins to begin, gets in want, and he ends up in the pig pen. And he's licking the pigs, and he's so hungry, and he has no income because he spent everything. He's wasted everything. And he's licking those pigs, eating those pods, and he wanted to eat the pods that the pigs had. But then the Bible says that he came to himself. See, sometimes God will let you go and get your fat in the fire. So you'll come to yourself. You'll come to yourself. You'll have a pig pen moment. And you say, he says, I will return and I'll tell him to make me a hired service. See, he started off in arrogance. That's a lot of us today. We've got to watch and guard ourselves because, you know, he starts off saying, give me, give me, give me. You know a lot of church like that today? Give me, Lord, give me. Like he's this genie, right, in a lamp. Right? Give me, right? Be my bellboy. He's not your bellboy, and he's not your ATM machine either. He's God Jehovah, amen? See, he walked out saying, give me, but he returned saying, make me. All because... God allowed that trial to come. How many of you know that trials are good for you? Hmm? Oh, when you, when you hear that, you're like, nah. James, first time I read James chapter 1, it says, count it all joy when you fall into diverse temptations. Count it all joy when you fall into trials. I'm like, who would in their right mind count it all joy to get in a trial? You know, when I get in a trial, I'm not sitting there going, Yay! I'm not happy, but he's not saying be happy. He said, count it all joy. Happiness is based on your circumstances. If my circumstances are good, I'm happy. If my circumstances are not good, I'm not happy. So when I'm going through a trial, I'm not happy, but I still got joy. I know God's still on the throne. I know that God's never left me or forsaken me. I know God is still there. And so when I go through a trial, I don't get offended and be like a lost sheep and say, hmm, I'm going home. I'm going to take my marbles and go. 
I've learned to whatever state I'm in to be content. That's what Paul said. Trials says, count it all joy knowing this. We should know something. Church, we should know something. Count all joy knowing this, that the testing of your faith produces patience. But let patience have its perfect work that you may be perfect and lacking in nothing. That you may be perfect. Listen. <laughs> well, that test, listen. That test that comes against your faith, your faith is being built up. You're changing. You can count it all joy because you change. No pain, no gain. It would be wonderful to go from mountaintop to mountaintop, wouldn't it? But we can't do that. There's valleys in between. But he's not just the God of the mountains. He's the God of the valleys also. Amen. <laughs> we need to walk through the valley. Though I walk through the valley of shadow of death, though I fear no evil, for thou art with me. Thy rod and staff comfort me. We have to realize that sometimes God allow trials to come in our life to prune us. You know, John chapter 15, let's look at this real quick. If you belong to God, if you're a child of God, he's going to prune you. Because you're, you're to bear fruit. You'll know that they're fruit. He says in John chapter 15, 1 through 2, he says, I am the true vine, and my Father is the what? So Jesus is the vine, and he's the source. He's the sap for, he's the nourishment for the branches. We're the branches. He's the vine, and God the Father is the pruner. I'm the true vine, my father's vine dresser. Every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away. Every branch that bears fruit, he what? And listen, he prunes not to harm you, to develop you. How many of you know about that when you're, you're, you're bearing fruit, a fruit tree? When you, when you clip a fruit, it produces even more. I know when I'm growing tomatoes, they say, pull off the blooms. I'm like, what? That's going to be all fruit. But it, it will bring even more when it's pruned. We need to learn to be pruned. We need to let the Lord allow us to prune us. And he uses trials to do that sometimes. Peter says it like this. He says in 1 Peter, he says this. He says, if need be, you've been grieved by various trials. Catch that? If need be, if need be, if it's needed, you've been grieved by various trials. Why? Not to destroy you, but to develop you. The devil wants to kill, steal, and destroy you. God wants to develop you. He wants you to bear even more fruit. Amen. He wants you to be steady. He wants you to run the race with endurance and patience. Yeah. He don't want you to be a, you know, he wants you to be a, like a tree planted by the rivers of living water whose leaf will not wither when the heat comes. He don't want you to be a mushroom. Thank you, Lord. 
He wants you to be a tree planted. And when the winds blow, and they'll come because all who live a godly life will be persecuted. And when the winds blow, he wants you to sway and not be uprooted. So he prunes you. He develops you. And sometimes he'll allow you to go through some tough times. And but when you look back, you'll count it all joy. Because you'll change. Your faith is beating the daylights out of that trial, but the patience is working on you. The trial's not going to overcome you because your faith is going to do a little rocking on it. <laughs> but you're changing. How many of you changed and you're better today? Praise God. Not that we boast, but our boast is in the Lord. Man, I can look back in my 20s and I'm like, oh, praise be to God. <laughs> 58 right now and I have not arrived. You know when I'm going to arrive? When I get to see him. So I'm being changed from glory to glory just like you. Do you know I'm trying to get to, listen, when I preach this, this is a strong message here this morning. But when I preach it to you, God gave it to me first. To wake me up and awaken me to my righteousness and awaken to him as a holy God. And it's not all about, you know, give me. See, that's how a lot of people come to the Lord and they're like, all right, Lord, here's my script, okay? Here's my script. Let's do it. Many plans are in a man's heart, but God's purpose that prevails. That's how you have to see the Lord. He gives more grace to the humble. He resists the proud. Amen. This helping anybody here this morning? Let me give you another story, right? This has to do with trials. This has to do, you're here today and you're going through trial, you can count it all joy because, you know, sometimes the Lord chastens who he loves. Sometimes we go to the spiritual woodshed, and I've done that. Lord's done that with me. Because if you don't, if you're left to yourself, man, you, man, you can get arrogant, you can get prideful, you can be so selfish. I'm going to tell you a story about the codfish and the catfish. Have you ever heard this story? The codfish. Codfish are good fish to eat, by the way. Just go to Long John Silver's. <laughs> Let me tell you, I go to Long Dina. She doesn't know when I take those trips. But I'll go through there and I'll get that one fish and one plank of chicken and hush puppies and give me the extra crumbs too, right? Yeah. And I'll go inside and I'm eating it in the truck because I'm going to get it all over me. So I go to the table in there. And I don't know about you, but Pastor Arthur likes malt vinegar. I take malt vinegar and, man, I'm soaking that thing down with malt vinegar. The French fries are were crisp. Now they're soggy because they got malt vinegar on them. And I got as much ketchup, those little cups. I'm like, okay, give me about 10 of those, you right? Because <laughs> each bite has its own cup, right? <laughs> Codfish are good. Here's the problem. They catch them over in the east, cold water, but they have, we're having a problem shipping them because the people on the west coast like to eat cod too. So what would happen is, they would ship them on a boat, and sometimes it'd take three or four days. They have them in these tanks, and these, these codfish are just standing there 
stagnant, just, just not moving. And, and they're just in a big old tank, holding tank. And by the time they got them over to the West Coast four days later, they were soft. They were mushy. They had no good flavor. So they thought, you know what? We need to change the water out more often. So they changed the water out two or three times. Nothing didn't, it didn't help at all. And so they tried dozens of things and nothing seemed to help. And they're like, well, what are we going to do? We're going to freeze them? No, we freeze them. They're not going to be fresh. They were bringing these fish alive over there. But because they're in this, this pool of not moving and not doing anything, when they would harvest them, they had no flavor. They were no good. They were soft, mushy. So they know what to do. And this little sailor goes, hey, why don't you do this? Why don't you put a catfish in the tank? Throw a couple of catfish in the tank. Why? Because the catfish is the enemy of the cod. It's the problem of the cod. So what did that catfish do when they put them in that, those two catfish? They put them in the big old tank. They began chasing those cod all over the tank. And there's just no rest. They're moving and they're going. And when they got over to the west side, the west coast, and they brought them out, they were fresh. They were delicious. They were just like when they caught them in the east coast. See, so God doesn't want you just be the lost coin just sitting there, not being, you know, in currency, not being in circulation. See, sometimes... If you get complacent, God will put a catfish in your tank. Get you going. Get you moving. Praise God when he does that. You know why God does that? So you'll be dependent upon him. If you had everything you asked for, because I know y'all got those wish lists. Lord, here we go. From A to Z, okay? Here's my script. Give me. So God will give you when you start saying, make me. Give me humility, Lord. Teach me patience. Teach me to have a love for others. Teach me the compassion that you have for the lost as sheep who are lost without a shepherd. Teach me to not get upset with those that are offended. Lord, let me know that I've been on that page before. Help me not to be self-righteous and just point my finger at everybody knowing that I got three fingers pointing back at me. When you start doing that, he gives more grace to the humble, but he resists the proud. James says he resists. It's like he puts his hands and says, don't come any closer to me. This message here this morning is an awakening message. Where are you with your walk with the Lord? Who do you say that Jesus is? Is he the Christ? Peter said, you are the Christ, the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Is he that to you today? Yes, Pastor Arthur. Yeah, but does your actions match your mouth? Does your actions speak what you believe? You might be saying it, but are you living it? If you're lost and you don't know Jesus Christ, maybe you're here today and you say, I just, I didn't know this. I thought if I came to church, I'm going to be saved. Coming to church don't get you salvation. It doesn't give you salvation. It doesn't make you saved. Paul knew, before he was Paul, he was Saul. He knew the five books of the Torah, the first five books of the Old Testament memorized. 
But Jesus had to knock him off his high horse. And once he did, you know, he knocked him off that horse on that road to Damascus. He was religious. He was, he was, he was killing Christians. And Jesus said, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And this is what Saul said, who art thou, Lord? He had a revelation. You're somebody here today, and you, it's the first time you have a revelation that I'm not getting to heaven by my good works. I'm not going to heaven because I'm in the church. I'm not going to heaven just because I have a membership. Matthew 7 says, Jesus says, in that day, people will say, he's talking about the judgment, in that day, people say, Lord, Lord, did we not prophesy in your name? Did we not do works in your name? And he says, depart from me, I never knew you. Do you know Christ Jesus as your Lord and Savior? Are you that lost sheep? He's reaching to you right now. He's going after you right now. He wants to bring you home. There's only one way. It's through the death and burial and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And by his blood, that's the only way that you can be saved. How do you do that? By confessing and believing and receiving the free gift of righteousness. The whole gift is for the whole world, but the whole world's not going to heaven because they hadn't received the free gift. Where will you spend eternity when you leave this earth suit? Where will you spend eternity? God forbid if the next 60 seconds you died, where would you go? If it's just because of your good works, you're not going to make it to heaven. If it's because you don't even know the Lord, you're not going to get there. The only way you know is by being born again. And this is the moment right now. This is the most important question, decision you'll ever make in your life. Where am I going to spend eternity? It's either going to be heaven or hell. Pastors don't even teach about hell anymore. Don't want to offend anybody. Hell's very real. Even if you don't, I don't believe in hell, Pastor Arthur. I don't believe God sent us to hell. I don't believe in hell. It doesn't matter what you believe. It doesn't change your, the reality of what the Word says. You know who believes in hell? Jesus. He spoke about hell twice as much as he spoke about heaven. See, you're here today and you say, I don't believe in gravity. It doesn't change your reality. Walk up to a cliff and step off and reality kicks in, doesn't it? Where are you going to spend eternity? Whoever calls upon the name of the Lord will be saved. You don't have to be lost any longer. If you're a lost sheep, come back to the fold. Maybe here this morning, and, and, and heaven is your home, but you haven't done anything for the Lord. He's going to judge us for that, for our works. And God forbid that you hear this salvation today, and you know God is God because they that know they're without excuse. And if you put that down, that truth down, and you don't receive it, you're going to spend eternity in hell. Boy, Pastor Arthur, this is strong this morning. It is strong this morning. I pleaded with the Lord. I'm like, Lord, can you, can you, can you just put a little sugar on it? <laughs> but that's not going to change if you don't know. So here's what we're going to do here this morning. 
Why don't everybody stand up? Everybody, bow your head, close your eyes. Maybe you're here this morning and you lost and you, and, and, you, know, you thought you're going to get there by your good works. You thought you're going to bring out a list and say, here you go, Lord, this is, why, this is why I need to go into heaven. Anything other than Jesus Christ is your righteousness, it's not going to fly. Here's the good news, though. Wherever you're at, whatever state you're in, God wants to receive you. God wants to receive you. God wants you to give you that free gift of righteousness. God wants you to realize that he paid for your sin debt. You have to be born into the kingdom. How do you do that? Romans 10, 9 says, if you confess and believe that Jesus Christ died and rose again on the third day, you'll be saved. Every eye closed, every head bowed, no one looking around. If you realize this morning you're lost and you want salvation and you want to live in eternity, you realize eternity. I don't know if you fathom, I can't fathom eternity. You know, the, the angels rejoice when one sinner comes to the Lord. Why? Because they understand eternity. It's forever and ever and ever and ever and ever. If you want to spend eternity with Christ Jesus, no one look around. Raise your hand right now and let's pray a prayer and let's be believing right now here this morning. And let's get you back, let's get you back home. Amen. Yes. Yes. Raise your hand. Say, hey, Pastor Arthur, pray for me. Pray for me. Raise your hand. Don't put it off. You've heard the truth this morning. I've spoken the truth and I didn't hide anything back. There's no doubt. You need a Lord and Savior. We all need the Lord and Savior. Don't put it off. Let's say it again. Who wants to, heaven to be their home? Raise your hand. Yes, yes. All over the house. I see you. Say this with me. Heavenly Father, heard your word. I want you this morning to make me a new creation in Christ Jesus. The old man passes away. All things become new. Make me born again. Give me your spirit. Give me your Holy Spirit. Let your Holy Spirit fill me up. Disciple me from this day forward. Help me to walk in your ways. Teach me your ways. Show me your ways. Thank you, Father, that this day forward, I'm saved. I'm born again. I'm a child of the Most High God. I am now the righteousness of God. Not made right by my works, but by the finished works of Jesus Christ. Praise God. Thanks for listening today. To stay connected, visit us online at velocityburnham.org and follow us on Instagram. And if you're ever in the Burnham area, we'd love to have you visit us on a weekend. Thanks again, and we hope to see you soon.